In this episode, we're having a one-word conversation with faculty. Trust, investment, time, vulnerability, and excellence. Let's explore relationships. The goal of this podcast is to place students and faculty into dialogue with each other over the issues that impact teaching and learning in community college. We want student and faculty voices to be authentic and raw. Yes, we're Generation Z. Like, come through. We want to hear how faculty are actually teaching and how students are actually learning. How confident are we all in that we are teaching the way students learn? We want to hear what resources are currently available and what needs are still not being met. I want like full campus exposure, not like, like ah, you got to cut, you know what I mean? We want to engage the topics that make us salty. Oh, canvas! That make us hopeful. The Uprise and Mecha and Puente. And that make us educators. Through these discussions, we won't arrive at decisions or solutions. Rather, we hope to provide space for a range of perspectives weighing values and outcomes. When students talk about what has made them successful is always those personal connections they have with the faculty. A space where teaching and learning meet. Dangerous topics need a safe space. This is a podcast brave enough. Dumb enough? Um, empathetic. Yes. This is a podcast with empathy enough to create a safe space for dangerous topics. We're excited to resume our original format for this podcast. Um, we took a break uh, because of the pandemic uh, and, and actually recorded the session you're about to hear back in March. Um, and, and since then, we decided to focus the podcast on issues at hand. We thought that would be more relevant. So if you've been listening, you know we've been having these one-word conversations with both faculty and students separately, and we've had a few different ones. Um, and this one we recorded, as Curry said, just prior to leaving campus. So we had part one of the relationships complete this one-word conversation with faculty, but we weren't able to do the second part with students, and we're excited to announce that we'll be able to release that one next week. So this is part one of relationships with faculty, and then we'll do part two, relationships with students next week. So please stay tuned for that. Yep, and we are also gonna wrap up our Going Remote series with a final episode at the end of the semester focused on online teaching. Um, so we really appreciate all the listening, all the support, uh, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Here we go. Let's go. So Bruce, when you think of the word relationship, what comes to mind? Well, why do I got to be first? Because <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to be. Um, well, within the context of community college, um, I have this, uh, what, the thing that I think of the most is just being able to break down the hierarchy between myself and my students, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I say my students, and, you know, just to give that, you know, the context, but the best things that I've ever done on this campus are always associated with me breaking down the power dynamic between myself and the people who I'm interacting with. And um, like the United Black Student Conference is on my mind right now because this Friday we're about to do that. Um, we're about to have our, I think it's ninth annual. Um, and I remember how this happened. It, it didn't happen with just, you know, in a club meeting and just starting off with, hey, let's start off with a conference. You want to, this is how it happened. It happened when five of us, and it was all black men in the room, myself, and then four other uh, 
young black men in the room, and we were sitting in the BSU cubicle, and we all started talking shit about basketball. <laughs> and I started saying, I will ball you up. And they're like, you cannot ball me. We just started going at each other, like just talking shit. And I'm like, look, there's a basketball court on this campus. That's what I said. And it was like, I got a ball. I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and and they were like, let's go right now. Like literally, I was, I definitely wasn't expecting that. And then we all start walking to the gym, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I'm gonna actually have to play right now, and I haven't played in forever. And that right there huh. literally started the intramural sport mm-hmm. that we like the. The intramurals with uh, basketball, it literally started off with us five playing basketball mm. and just getting together. And then after a couple months, then then folks like Adrian and stuff, other people started coming into the space. Other students started coming into the space. It grew into 20. That's when the, the folks in the intramural space said, yo, let's pick this up as a sport. And so they picked it up there. Yeah. But the reason why that's important to me is not because, well, the basketball thing was really important. It's still important to me, but I I just don't get an opportunity to play. But because we were at that level of just being able to talk with each other, talk shit to each other and just, and have fun. That created a whole different level of trust with me Mm -hmm. and relationship with me. And we were able to now start talking about just other things. And so when they start saying, it's like, Hey, let's do something big. Mm -hmm. Why not we do why why not do some kind of conference or something? And I'm like, whew, well, if we're gonna and then all this trust, all this relationship built into, you know, uh, into something like I said, like UBSC and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so when I think about uh, the relationships I've been able to build, that's definitely the starting point for me. Like when when being able to break down those hierarchies between between uh between us that is the beginning like i said of all the the great things that i've been involved with on this campus yeah 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 and that's a great story for the start of the united black student conference which is you know such a um you know a trademark event here at maricosa now you know what you say there you're talking about like relationships in terms of you built this relationship and then it led to building these other things Mm -hmm. but a lot of times there's building you know, we're in a position where we're already building something and then we have to form relationships while we're building it instead mm-hmm. of the other way around, right? Right. And, and Scott, I kind of want to ask you about that because you hire people on in um, your center, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to build those relationships as you're already kind of showing them the ropes of what you're already doing, right? Yeah, so um, I was thinking about the word as well and what, what Bruce said was really right on one of the pieces the biggest piece in a relationship is trust that's the piece that uh, when i look at it as classroom faculty i think that's i have to have the trust from the students they have to trust that i'm knowledgeable in my subject they have to trust that i'm giving them this information because it's valuable for them going down the road Mm -hmm. there's a lot of trust that's established there Um, but i also thought i mean the word relationship I'm thinking about it in all other areas. That trust is huge. The relationship with my wife, the relationship with other mm-hmm. colleagues on campus, the relationship yeah. as supervisor to mm-hmm. um, employee. Mm-hmm. And so when we put on training for the staff that we hire, they have to have this buy-in of, there's a reason why we're going through this training. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a reason for it. And so I think partly when I do things, I mean, Bruce says he was out 
talking smack, uh, and that's cool. <laughs> I I, no, I said I was talking shit, guys, no, so, and that's I okay misheard. that you don't want to say. I absolutely yeah. misheard that. <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I think that so when I'm doing it, I I don't talk shit. I use humor, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. one of my tools that I use to establish. I still do personal storytelling, which is a huge way of mm. because I have to. I think the best way to establish trust is to you have to. And I didn't do this my whole career. Mm-hmm. There were times where I was very much no, no. That's my life over here. Yeah. This is my professional life, mm. and there is a separation between them. And you don't get to know that side of me mm. because I keep that personal and private. Mm-hmm. And I think over the last few years, I've seen that I have to crack that door and yeah. give them a piece of who I am as a person for them to really gain trust is me as a supervisor, with me as a faculty member on campus, uh, with me as a colleague. Mm-hmm. And they have to be able to see that and to see that I'm being honest with them. And if I only see is this very rigid, formal self, I don't think that they're willing to put themselves out there either mm-hmm. in yeah. any of those relationships. I'd like to add on to something that you were discussing or, you know, about trust, um, how that's very important to building relationships. <clears throat> and I'd like to also add on investment um, because when I got the email from Curry inviting me to participate in this podcast, I started to think about Curry and I said, okay, well, what has Curry done for me mm. in order for me to sacrifice my lunch time and my tea time <laughs> Interesting. before my next class? And then I started analyzing, you know, what type of relationship do I have with Curry in my department? And I've seen a lot of investment in your part to support me as a woman of color Mm -hmm. in our department. Mm -hmm. And I've seen how you've come to some of the workshops that I've helped organize. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot to me, Mm -hmm. all right? Because also investment, loyalty goes a long way for me in terms of establishing relationships, not with just friends, but colleagues, Mm -hmm. you know? So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this for Curry. I'm curious to know about this podcast. I know that this is something uh, that you and Sean are invested in, you know? So I also wanted to show you that I am reciprocating because that's Mm -hmm. the type of relationship that you and me have now in our department. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also important, you know? And I'm glad that I ended up in this, you know, Mm -hmm. meeting slash cool group you know with a cool group of people because it also allows me to build relationships with other Mm -hmm. faculty on campus which Mm -hmm. is really rare for me because i rarely have time Mm -hmm. like i'm i feel like i'm going in different directions outside of the classroom and i'm not talking about what's going on inside the classroom but just outside of the classroom Right, we are demanded to do a lot of stuff, or at least I feel like there's a lot going on, right? For sure, yeah. Right, so mm-hmm. it gets to a point where I have to kind of pick and choose, right? And and I took this one for curry. Nice. Right, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, and 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 I want you to know that maybe it's a cultural thing, but for me, mm-hmm. how I start establishing relationships with colleagues outside of the classroom, outside of the department. What's going to make me sacrifice my free time, Uh quote unquote, uh is your investment in our relationship as colleagues. Cool. Goes a long way. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of gangster. Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you are. I just want to gangster. I want to make sure, like, we're cool too, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. I just want to check it in real quick. I didn't want that email too. I do this for Curry, but I don't know about Sean. All right. He sent me the email. If it was Sean asking. 
The hell with Sean. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said yes to my email, Bruce. Don't so get it twisted. No, I'm not going to twist it. I'm just kidding. That's yeah. just the way that I am, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, Zulema, I really appreciate that. That, yeah. that means a lot. It means also uh, it puts... It reminds me of my responsibility to my colleagues, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the more that I build relationships with my colleagues, the more I feel a part of community. Mm -hmm. And where that helps me personally is there's parts of this community interested in work that I am not aware of, that mm -hmm. wasn't on my radar. And because I'm so part of this community, because of those relationships, it pulls me into cooler spaces too, mm -hmm. right? But I think, so this, this, what you also bring up, Zulema, is this, this reality of time. And how we are, so, it's a, it, I mean, it's the, the least accessible resource that we've got, right? And mm -hmm. that's come up a co in a couple mm -hmm. conversations that we had. Uh, and Adrian, I know for you and for counselors, uh, time is always the enemy, right? And how much time you can spend with one student, coming back to students, how much time they have to spend with you. Um, I don't know if you want to pick up the conversation there. or uh, Yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, time is an important aspect of relationships. Um, but I also believe that uh, trusting connection is is key. Yeah. And so my job in that time in connecting with a student is connecting either, um, you know, spiritually, emotionally, mm -hmm. culturally, um, because that's critical uh, to help to help to help students. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing in counseling is that we're not just helping students. We also help uh, families mm -hmm. as well. So mm -hmm. a lot of times when students come in, they come in with their families whether it's children, whether it's parents, whether it's siblings, right. uh, you know, so we have an interesting dynamic where we're not just working with that student one-on-one, -on -one. we're also working uh, from a holistic perspective. That's right. In terms of building that relationship. That's right. So when they walk into that door, the first thing I have to say is not about me. And so one of the things that I try to do in that relationship is listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that my grandmother always taught me about relationships, and she used to tell me as an elder, there's a reason why I have two ears and one mouth, mm -hmm. that I should be doing more listening than, I, than speaking. Mm -hmm. So when students walk in, when their families walk in, I'm listening. And I'm not just listening to what they're saying. I'm listening to their mannerisms, mm -hmm. um, you know, their, their body movement, how they're, you know, mm -hmm. just the... The feeling in the room the is what that energy is what I'm listening to. And that is critical because I want the student to know that you're always welcome. And I want them. And if the, and if I'm not listening, they'll never come back. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I want them to know once you walk out of this door that you always have a place to come back. And so that's critical in building those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for counseling, there, I think people think that makes sense to get there quickly with the student. I mean, like Scott was saying, you know, it took him a while to say, I can kind of give a little bit more of myself here and I can, you know, have this more holistic view of myself and, and what I bring to an experience with a student or somebody that I'm working with. So, but everybody has their process and how of course, they define yeah. and build that relationship. Yeah. Right. How I may define that relationship may be completely different right. than how somebody else defines that relationship. So it, it's, you know, I may feel like, hey, I need to build this relationship as quickly as possible, but to that person across from me, hey, we need some time. Yeah, mm. right, and it right. may take more than yeah. one appointment, right, right. you know, one meeting for them to say, okay, now we have a relationship and I can come in. Everybody has their own process in how they build those relationships. Yeah. And I have to listen to that and not take it personal. Right, mm. right. 
I mean, and be patient, right? It's like what, what I'm what I'm hearing from that is right. It's that um, people have their own processes uh, and, and whatnot, and, and you have to be patient with them in, in regards to if you're really trying to make this breakthrough, because that's something that uh, again, or I have this assignment that I do. I have students write poems. I'm a spoken word poet. And um, and I actually spend time, right? It's like a, a, a clear thing. It's like I actually spend class time, three class periods, and to, to, to talk about how to write a poem because I've you know been in that space for a long time. I actually was the advisor of a club called the Performance Writers Club for a long time. And, um, and so I learned how to become a spoken word poet in that space and then also learned to critique and workshop spoken word poetry and everything. And I wanted to, to give this gift of being able to, to, to my students, of being able to express themselves and being able to really be them. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean to be you in an academic sense? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's like if you're not spending, and it's like, look, it could be, it could easily, I could easily have just said, hey, I'm going to have y'all write a poem. Go ahead and write a poem. Check out a few YouTube out of, you know, out of the classroom or whatever. Because I have poetry also in, integrated into my textbook that I wrote also, but... It's like, but no, I'm taking time in class to establish this relationship. And I understand, right, that I need to be patient because if I'm going to actually have people write about something that's real, then they have, everyone has a different process. Some people are very comfortable with just coming out and start talking about some of the most troubling emotional things possible. And other people, it takes the whole time. Or maybe they never even right. talk to me about it. But hopefully I began, helped them begin this journey mm -hmm. of self-investigation um, and whatnot, and um, along with time and patience, it's. I was just thinking what Scott was saying is like sharing a part of yourself. The word I want to use, and um, that I don't expect anyone else to use, but for me, um, the word is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Is that I need not just to show that I'm human by saying I'm a black. It's like I'm, I went to the Black Nerd Expo and I, I showed people actually a really big part of myself by uh, dressing up. Anyway. <laughs> Dressing up as as my Dungeons and Dragons character that I had and whatnot. Yes, um, yes I did that. That's one thing. That's that's definitely showing them that I'm human. And yet at the same time, it's like that vulnerability thing. I think it's is is very different. I can tell people my hobbies and stuff, but that doesn't necessarily tell people who I am and what I struggle with. And so the very first poem that I share with my students is about um, its excellence. Uh, there's a poem that I wrote, uh, Excellence. This is about a, a student of mine who failed my intro class, but she wound up passing with another professor, and later on she actually became a sociology major. And But her and I developed a really close relationship over this time, over spoken word poetry and developing the Performance Writers Club and everything. And um, And when I realized that the real part of that poem was that I had failed her as a teacher. Hmm. That is what drove my entire being in order to fix that failure. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what in the world did I do wrong mm -hmm. in my class to where someone who was destined, if you would, to become a sociology major failed my intro class. Mm -hmm. And I tell that to my students. Mm -hmm. And that's my lead in. Mm -hmm. 
that is literally my lead-in poem um, and whatnot and um it's just to let them know it's like look the the what you see in, in regards to this class now is on purpose with purpose it's all designed in order to not fail excellence again and and so when I approach it like that, and so that's why I give the textbook away that I wrote for free, and that's why I did this, and that's why I did this, and this is what I'm hoping for with all of that. It's like, look, that vulnerability helps drive the rest of the class, yeah. if you would, in, in regards to building those relationships. The way I'm responding to, to that story, Bruce, is uh, it makes me think about my own experiences with that, where I've done what I thought I could do in a class and I'm still losing students, right? And, and students who are rocking it, right? In, mm-hmm. in you know, their essays and their discussions in class. Um, and so I, I've gone through that reflection process too. But what your story is making me respond to right now is how important my relationship is with a student because that relationship, doesn't matter how awesome my curriculum is or how badass a teacher I am, that relationship itself can salvage a teaching and learning experience. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that happens to me often where... Okay, I thought we were going to go in this direction. We ended up going in a different direction, but we can work this out. You trust me. I trust you, mm-hmm. right? Let's get into the concepts. Let's get into the skills, but let's also get into the just how to be in this space together and what you need to take from this class to get to your next goals. That's not easy to achieve just through curriculum, just through test taking, just through, right? Right, right. You said vulnerability, and what I was thinking of in my, my classes that, that I teach now is when I when I see and I reflect, and I think I do more reflection now than I did at some point in time. Maybe that's over time. I'm no longer as proud as I used to be. I used to think this is, I, I got it. This is the class. This is everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. And now I think um, seeing relationships through the lens of, because um, I'm teaching an online class and I'm really trying to keep this idea that there's a human mm-hmm. there. And so I see this relationship with uh, humanity and humility and those two together mm-hmm. being able to come back and say being honest hey that test didn't go well some of that could have been me yeah exactly maybe I didn't cover that as well as I should have right. instead of saying what did you as students not do mm-hmm. and to recognize and reflect that the same humanity that I want to demonstrate to them is what I hope they show to me mm-hmm. the fact that mm-hmm. they are human that they have all these other things going on in their lives and the reason maybe they didn't get enough time to study. And now they're willing to share that with me so that I have this connection. And I think it builds the trust. And whether it is vulnerability, whatever word we want to use, I think that's the same idea. Mm-hmm. And I think the humility for a student to come to me and say, I'm not understanding this. That's hard. Absolutely. That yeah. is really, really I, hard. I have a quick story about that because my first semester teaching, I actually was you know, facilitating a discussion. And my expectation was, this is a really great reading. Everybody's going to talk, right? Yeah. And, and that's quite the assumption to make, yes. And so I went in there and, um, you know, nobody was talking. And so I, it was like 10 minutes before the class was supposed to end or 15 minutes before. And I actually, this, I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this now, but I put my feet up on the desk and I said, well, my job's done. Now you go. And we sat there painfully for five minutes, right? And then I went home and it was like my first semester teaching. So Mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. well, why don't they wanna talk? Mm -hmm. This is exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. They should wanna talk. Mm -hmm. And and I thought about this and I thought about this, you know, talked to some of my mentors. And then I finally came to the realization that 
am I asking all of them to change mm. when I have some say or a lot of say in this situation? Mm -hmm. And then I vowed after that day to never have a bad class session again, which is a hard thing to kind of <laughs> promise yourself. Well, at least you should have a good lunchable goal. Yeah, right, right. No, but I, but, but I haven't because I realized that it's on me. Yeah. It's kind of like it, it's kind of like how you said, Adrian, you know, you're like, it's not about me, right? And, and for this case, I would argue that it was about me in the way that I facilitate, in the way that I think about them, right? Mm. And, and I wasn't viewing it from their point of view, and I wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable. I was allowing myself to be power hungry, right? Mm. And so I, I came back to that room with a lot of energy, and I said, what do y'all want to talk about? Mm -hmm. And as soon as somebody said anything, yeah. I brought it back to what we were learning. Right. And, and I felt so much more confident um, after that day, and I realized that if there is a bad class session, it that that is on me, and I'm establishing a poor relationship. I think we've been talking a lot about cultivating good relationships right, right, so right, far in this right. discussion. Yeah. But there are a range of relationships, and and that was one where I was you know heading down a road that that I uh, was thankful enough to be able to pivot. Mm -hmm. I wanted to um, also talk about. Um, how building relationships with students entails that we take risks. Mm. And, and that's a risk that you took, Bruce, in exposing your vulnerability, right? Because we yeah. expect students, at least I do, right? <clears throat> expect students to personalize the subject matter, to personalize the text. Mm -hmm. And we expect them to share their vulnerabilities with us, but sometimes we don't reciprocate. Right. Mm. You know, I like to use what I call the chisme pedagogy, the gossip. The gossip. <laughs> they the gossip. love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they share their stories with me, then I, I'll, I'll reciprocate. And I said, you know what? I have a story. And you can hear a pin drop in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, even when it's a controversial subject, mm. you know, I've taking risks and there you know and I remember like at times thinking man did I do the right thing mm -hmm. was it okay for me to cry in front of them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know because that's always like oh I don't want to cry like oh this is a really touch of something oh look at what that student said you know and sometimes you mm -hmm. know I hate to play into those gender stereotypes and mm -hmm. things but you know sometimes I say things that wow it makes you I don't know for me it checks my privilege Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. You know, so yeah. I've, I've found that in the past when I've taken that risk mm -hmm. to expose my vulnerabilities with my students, it has been rewarding because mm -hmm. it allows me to break that barrier between the grand instructor and the student, you know, mm -hmm. it humanizes me, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I can go on and on and talk to you about the stories that we've shared, mm -hmm. but I know that it entails that we take risks. But it makes the class unique too, right? Yeah. You may teach the same subject, mm -hmm. even the same book, even the same, right? But yeah. there's something about that class yeah. at that time mm -hmm. that is unique. And they feel it too, Yeah. right? It's not just you're just going through the motions, mm -hmm. you know, or I would hope that they feel it too. Well, and and that is a challenge each, um, each class session or when you just start off this semester. So I remember, you know, uh, teaching and again, having, having to walk into a class that, you know, I, this is going to be my best um, curriculum 
you know, this is the one I always use, and then it goes flat, and I'm like, damn, what the, what the hell happened? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so being vulnerable, work, learning from my failures, right? You know, one of the things I love the most is uh, Michael Jordan's commercial, the Nike commercial. He's walking down the corridor mm-hmm. in Chicago, and he's talking about how many shots he's missed, mm-hmm. game-winning game free throws, right? <laughs> yeah. And he talks about that, and then at the end, he says, he turns around and goes, and yet, I'm still a champion. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I always strive for is being that champion. And the only way that I learned to be a champion is learning from those failures. Mm-hmm. So there's things now, I, you know, I'll sit in a, you know, introduce students when they come in and into the door. Uh, but one of the things I do is I sit in the back of the class now when, when class first starts, mm-hmm. like with my backpack. Yeah. <laughs> As students are walking in and I'm just sitting there having that conversation like, man, maybe I should start teaching. You know, and they have no idea. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've never seen my face. They yeah. just see the name in there. Yeah. Right. And I should start teaching. I'm like, what? this can't be that hard. Yeah. Right. And then I start going up to start teaching. They start laughing. Right. 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 And they're like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but then, you know, we get into this conversation about critical thinking. Cool. Yeah. Like, well, how do you know I'm not the instructor? Right. Right. You know, yeah. how do you how do you verify that I am the structure <laughs> right. and that the information that I'm giving you is actually accurate and correct? Yeah. But also what I'm doing in that is building relationships with That's students. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Building that connection. Right. right. Because it's all about building that connection. Yeah. Right. We can't have a relationship if there's no connection. Right. That's right. right. And I, go ahead, Bruce. You know, I was I was because I, cause I do wonder to myself and because I, I was just doing something in class right now, just thinking about like, well, why? Because to me, building relationships with students is like the absolute best part of this job. Mm-hmm. Grading, I hate grading. <laughs> I hate all the other aspects of this job, but I love the classroom. <laughs> I love, and I love As the students saying students. like, but I need my grade right now. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. No, I yeah. made sure that I know, yeah, how to, yeah, yeah. I know how to stay employed. I know how to keep my damn job yeah. uh, and whatnot, but... And, but I think to myself, it's like, man, you know what? If I knew, if I didn't know what I knew about students in regards to a lot of students have like issues with anxiety, they've had issues with drugs, they've had uh, family members, family incarcerated. members who are incarcerated. Right? It's like um, just so much thing, so many things have happened in their lives, mm-hmm. and when they share that with me, right? It's like when I'm vulnerable with them, they have been vulnerable with me. And I think about how different grading would be if I didn't know so much about the students. Mm-hmm. If I, I would have gave them something much mm-hmm. more, uh, I guess the word would be ordinary and non-relationship building mm-hmm. in regards to assignments and how different all that process goes um, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So that's just me thinking about it. No, that's just me. <laughs> Well, our content, people, too, right? kind of speaks it's to true, that, right? Yeah. It brings yeah. that out, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, it was like, look, I ain't gonna lie. Being a sociology teacher, mm-hmm. it, makes, it makes this a lot, let's just say, a lot easier. However, I've been in sociology classes with sociology teachers who do not bring anything personal into That's the right. space and don't try to build any relationship with students. And so it's not some automatic thing that happens being magically gifted as a sociologist no, right. um, and whatnot is it, something that you have to value and that you have to work at, just like every relationship, right? You have to value the relationship and you got to work at it. But is that a disservice to students if someone is coming to the table, an instructor, and does not work on building relationships? Is it a disservice? Well, look, 
I'm I'm all about relationships, and so I'm just asking in general. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. I think I think yes that you have. I think it helps with student retention. Mm. You building relationships with your students. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. Jump in, jump in, jump in. Scott, you. Well, I was. I think that. So I've I've been to a number of conferences in trying to humanize mathematics, which Mm. is part of the relationship, and yet it is right because students don't come in and look at a worksheet and say, hey, I'm going to factor these polynomials. Let me tell you a story about how I use this. No, no, they don't. My my, my grandpa just broke his hip, and so now I have to drive right after this class to go do this, and you're telling me i got to do factoring polynomial worksheet after class? No, but I won't know about that if I don't. And that's why, so a couple years ago when I changed the way I'm presenting things in class, now the first day I don't very quickly go through the syllabus and then get into content because I got so much to cover. Yeah. I take that first day and it is all about building community in the classroom. And it mm. has to be. And I'm never going back the other way because if I don't have those relationships and they don't see that he's actually interested in me. Mm. Like I meet him at the door for my mm. face-to-face class and I say, hi, I'm really glad you're in this class. Thank mm. you for showing up today. I'm Scott. I'm teaching. Come on in. And I welcome them to class and it's different. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's a different feeling. It's a different vibe. Um, and I think that also comes in if I make a mistake in class. Because mm. I do. How do you keep a relationship? That's what I was, as I was listening to all these different pieces, all this vulnerability. You can make mistakes in that moment. Yeah. You, like, I'm so far from perfect in these relationships with other people, with other faculty, with other students. Mm-hmm. That how do I get a relationship back on track when... I said the wrong thing in class or when I wasn't as concerned because there's 10 things going on in my mind about everything else. And I missed an opportunity to show that I really do care about you. Now they take that as a slime. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe everybody's nodding. I know you can't see that as a podcast, but they're not. (laughs) (laughs) We're all nodding. We're all nodding. We're all nodding. But to me, that's a big part of a relationship is when you have that trust, when you have that, that kind of organic connection that, and the vulnerability, there's times where you still make mistakes. Yeah. And course. how do you get back to having the strength and the trust and everything right. in that? Because pe- students look at teachers sometimes, they're like, oh, they just, they don't make mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, yeah, I, right. Boy, I'm living proof to them of right. the opportunities <laughs> that present themselves <laughs> when you make mistakes. Right, and some of us are very scared to make those mistakes or to admit to them, right? Yeah. And I want to be clear about something that I said earlier with the content of sociology. I think when, you know, all of these students who are facing all these personal troubles that you were talking about, you know, our, our discipline gives them the framework to to understand that in, you know, the societal context, right? Yeah. The, the yeah. larger context. But that's not to say that only, like you said, some sociology teachers can be cold, right? Absolutely. But then also some math teachers can be super warm. You know, they, they may not assign something that, that, that speaks to how it is framed in society, but they may be the person that that student feels most comfortable coming to yeah. with the issue that they're facing, right? Right. So how do you build that culturally? Because I also think that, you know, as you were sharing too, I was thinking, you know, being vulnerable, I grew up in a community where being vulnerable was not an option. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, same. So, <laughs> no. you know what I mean? You grow up and they're like, I don't have time. Like, right. you were considered, consi- you don't want to be walking around and be in the punk. That's weak. In the, in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Oh, he's being vulnerable, you, you know. Yeah. So, but people come in with that stuff into the classroom. Right. So, how do we 
how do we transform a classroom where we can get somebody to see like, hey, I'm keeping it real with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you can come to me no matter what. That is a that takes time. That is a process. Mm -hmm. like, that's equity, right? That's, that's, that's equity, equity. Mm -hmm. right? Is should that not be something that's required of us to be able to be knowledgeable and competent? Because we know what students are coming in coming in with. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what you were I, saying, Scott. I, like, I, yeah. You know what? I don't know how to call this. Um, but I can, I don't know, I can somewhat tell, you know, amongst our disproportionately impacted students, which ones I have to get outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a point to drill you and drill you and ask you, Hey, when am I going to see you during my office hours? Hey, come visit me. Hey, I didn't see you. Mm -hmm. And I make an announcement in class. Hey, I have office hours today from, you know, this time to this time. Come see me. <laughs> and I'll stare at that. I'm looking at Bruce right now, but I look at those yeah. students that I want to see in my office hours. Come see me. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, then I'll drill them. Like even after class, hey, what's going on? I haven't seen you. Blah blah blah. Or I haven't seen you in my office hours. Are you okay? Uh, I noticed that you were, you know, a bit shy today. Is everything okay? Just wanted to check in. Right. So now I'm doing stuff. Yeah. To try and get them into my office hours because I feel like in office hours, you know, that's one way yeah. of, for me to get to them. Totally. To yeah. get to them. And I really feel like there's a lot of things that I can do with the students in the office hours mm. on a one-to-one -one basis. Yeah, right, 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 right. Right. And right. and so far, you know, that's been like a challenge. Yeah. Because sometimes students, I don't have time. I don't have time. I have to go to work. Right. I have to drop off my, you know, whatever, my sister or brother, pick them up or whatever, kid, you know, but that's been a challenge, right? Um, and usually they, they either email me or something, but then I'll just say, here's my, you know, five-minute response, but... I can break it down for you during my office hours. Um, I really think that they need the students need to learn the value of coming to visit your professors during office hours. Sure, sure. You know. Absolutely. Well, that yeah. makes me think of what we were talking about earlier, just amongst mm -hmm. faculty. Like, the more I have a relationship with my colleagues, the more I'm <laughs> part of that this this community, the culture right. of this campus. And I think that happens in our classroom too. The more we build those one on one relationships with one student and then another student, that becomes part of that. That, that ethos, yeah. uh, right? Part of that ecology. Mm -hmm. And I think they they talk, well, how did you do on your essay? Well, I went to office hours, and right? Yes. So that's, I think that's yes. part of establishing yeah. the culture. I think the other part is, Scott, what you were saying earlier about day one stuff, syllabus stuff, especially mm -hmm. for different yeah. ways of thinking about what we say success or strength, right? right. If in the syllabus you have these rigorous mm -hmm. expectations, you're calling out students to meet those expectations and they're gonna save face. That's right. Because they respect you. Yes. But if in your syllabus you say, yeah, the, these are the expectations of the course. And if you're going through something, email me. Seriously, email me. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, and you make it clear <laughs> and welcoming and talk to me. Mm -hmm. Well, it's now that's built in plain first day. Like, there's an access point here for mm. me. That right? I, I find with some of our, you know, disproportionately impacted students, email doesn't work. Right. Like it has to be sure. face to face. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I have yeah. to grab them after That's class. Not their mode. Yeah. Oh no, right. no, mm. after class, especially males, yeah. men of color. You know, it's like we're gonna talk about the assignment. Yeah. Talk about the assignment, and you'll be surprised things that have been revealed to me during my office hours. Office hours, and I'm not saying that they're gonna break down and cry and anything, but it's very <clears throat> like you know, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm going through some stuff. 
Yeah. Right. And that will, even saying something like that is already hard enough for them to say it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Definitely. I have tissue paper now on my desk. But, you know, the thing is, it's very, okay, it's very difficult to try to, like, get deep into the conversation, right? Like, really what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I hate the fact that I don't know too much about the world of mental health Mm -hmm. other than just the workshops here and there, Mm -hmm. you know? But if I don't walk that student to, right, the student health services, that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get help. So there's plenty of times where I've walked over students. Right. If they don't want to talk to me at first, I'll walk them over. That's the first step. I'll walk them over. And then the next time I see them checking in. Did you talk to someone? Yes. You feeling a little better? You know that you can still go to them anytime. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I start building that relationship outside of the classroom. Because it'd be nice for a student to walk into a classroom or a counseling office to put life on their coat rack and say hey life you just wait right here while i focus on school <laughs> yes. yeah i work on those polynomials you know yeah. but yeah. we know the reality that yeah. it doesn't happen you know life is still hey you know you got bills to pay you That's know you right. got to take care of this hey you haven't he- eaten right now yeah mm-hmm. and right and then there there is that responsibility minutes. on our end too to be able to to be able to see that yeah right to see between the lines like you see a student but you know, you can look at a student and look at their eyes like, oh, you're not really here right now. Yeah. You're not connecting. Yeah. Right. Right. Even though they're not in their right. head. Right. Yeah. Right. That, but yeah. that takes relationships and building to be able to get to that point to say, you know what? I need you to come check in with me. Or better yet, I need to ch- come check in with you. You know, mm-hmm. we have a- to be really empathetic with our students, right? Like when, when we're talking about, like, yo, come to my office and be really inviting. I mean, whatnot. We also have to understand that what they've been socialized to in regards to, especially in the community college space, what have they been socialized to in regards to, hey, the teacher wants to talk to me. And mm-hmm. normally in my world, yes, that's, that's, a, that's an oh shit moment. That's <laughs> yeah. a oh my, oh God, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, and I start like, like checking myself, That's like, right. did I turn into the assignment, or, 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 or what did I, what did I do wrong? Right. Yes. And and so that right, and so that when we get into those spaces where we do talk to them, we have to break down. Yeah. We have to be empathetic to that. This is not how they've been socialized in regards to what a yeah. a teacher or like a teacher student relationship is. And then me, I'm like, yo. There are very real times when I'm the student and you're the teacher, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, and because you're the expert of you and your own experiences, and so I, when you're talking to me about your experiences, now you're the teacher, I'm the student, and I want to learn right. about you, right? And so this, this, like the fluidity that I, I mean, just just not having these rigid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hierarchies and all of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a really greater, official, but you got, but, but you got to be invested. That's a greater responsibility, though. Once you do that, I know it's a yeah. great responsibility, but, but I take that. I mean, I'm willing Spider-Man to take Spider-Man I think yeah. for me, mm-hmm. I think I have been asked, and that's that I'm bilingual. Because yeah. as soon as the, you know, the time, the clock is done, I'm out. Te- I'm done teaching. Yeah. And I can know. I know when my students speak Spanish, I'll just say, "Hey, qué onda? Qué pasó?" And that already changes the mood. Golly. They know that I'm not going to like scold them about something. As soon as I code switch, yeah, it's yeah, a different yeah. vibe. Yeah. Well, Adrian, different this, energy. This is what you said earlier. Is we build relationships culturally. Mm-hmm. We build relationships spiritually. Mm-hmm. We build relationships emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think this is really powerful. Like, like, 
I wish I had that too, right? But I think I have it, it in different But even right. if you don't do it, like you said, you have something. That's right. right. We all connect. And, and I think it's important yeah. for us to realize yeah. like when, you know, we may think we're approachable, right? Mm-hmm. When we're talking to students. <laughs> right. However, they may not approach us, not because of us, right. because of the position, yeah. right? Yeah. I've asked students, do you think I'm approachable? Like, they were like, I'm, I was kind of intimidated to come talk to you. And I'm like, I'm like, me? I'm like, am I intimidating? I'll ask them and they'll say no. And uh, am I approachable? Yeah. So then what's the issue? The issue is the power, yeah. right? Yeah. The yeah. power yeah. differential. Yeah. And breaking that down, that takes time. Yeah. And, and, and and you're also telling them it may just happen in this one context. Don't expect it to happen instructor to instructor, oh, institution yeah. to institution, yeah. you know, from place to place. And and so I think, you know, this idea of us thinking we're approachable as opposed to actually being approached by students and why that is, is not so much about us. It's about the position itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, titles are, are very intimidating. Even for me, like, right. oh, yeah. should I refer to Dana as my Dean Smith? Right. Or right. is she just Dana? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, it is scary. And if she it says, is... call me Dana, do you believe her? Right? <laughs> I believe her. I'll say for the record, so I, I do believe, believe Dana. Dana. I do Dean believe Smith. Dana. She's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. You know, so that's interesting. Those, those t- those... I grew up in a neighborhood. Everybody's got a nickname. Right. So, you know, Alkata, you know, her, you know, Wojak, I call her Woo for short. It's just, but again, there's that cultural context using a sense of humor too is key. Like when a student walks into my counseling, into the counseling office, scheduled an appointment, and I may be having a friend and say, hey, did you bring your $5 check in fee? You're like, what? <laughs> right? But we're just having a little fun with it. I say, but then I'll mess with them. Hey, that's a side hustle. They're like, yeah. oh, okay. just put it in the tip jar. Right? <laughs> I'm in the counselor. I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they come in with a coffee. I'm like, we're yeah. fine. Yeah. But we all have some uh, uh, way of authentically connecting, right? right? It's just whether or not we want to do it and be vulnerable. That's right. Um, look, yeah. look y'all, y'all are tripping me out because I, I don't want it. It's like right now in my head, I'm like backtracking uh, like in my head going like, yo, if you are not the person that can make these jokes, please don't make these jokes. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> You know, because because uh, th- this is that that whole cultural capital thing, and then it has to be like who you are, because I'm just listening to that what you said mm-hmm. through all my K through twelve teachers that like I had, mm-hmm. and going, man, if if out of a hundred teachers that I had, if ninety nine of them said that to, if, if all one hundred of them said it to me, I would only take it as a joke from one person. Of, mm. If I bring in coffee and they said, did you bring me, did you bring me one? Oh, yeah. I would have thought of that as a challenge. Like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to bring coffee into this space. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, oh, well, let me finish my coffee. Like, I would have left. Like, I would have been like, yeah. um, right. Or did you bring your fire? It was like, you're, you're doing it as banter. And I'm like, I'm, bro, I'm telling you, like, in my head, like, I'm scared, right? I'm like. Oh shit! And then I mean, I get it. You're joking, but this has to be part of who you are, and that's what right. the relationship exactly. thing is about, exactly. right? It's like yeah. it's, it's so important to understand. It's like, look, y'all can't talk shit to students like I talk shit with students. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, please don't even try because I, I was like, I cuss all the time in class. Yeah. I will call. I will call them out. 
I will say things all the time. There's a student right now that sits off to my left. He's had me for stats, and now he's in my intro class, and I talk shit with him all day. I was like, yo, Sean, yo. Well, his name happened to be Sean. <laughs> he talks shit to me all day, too. Well, I, I talk shit to Sean all day, too. I'm like, yo, Sean. No, I'm like, and, I'm, and I go in on him in class like, no, nah, fuck that, because we just got finished talking about eating bugs like and how eating bugs is actually way more sustainable than the way that we do food sources and he's like nah Hoskins and people call me Hoskins because I, I don't I don't well I don't have any name preference yeah which I think is really good on yeah. relationship building also yeah. it's like if yeah. I tell you the name that you're supposed to call me right well now I've already established authority regardless right. of what that's that name is that's right right yeah and so I just say it's like look I know what my name is yeah you can call me what you want right Right, it's like I, I I will respond to any. It's like I will respond to whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like just don't you know. It's like don't be disrespectful, but it's yeah. like whatever, right? But it's like you know I'm going in on him during class. Like I said, this is everything people tell you not to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. And yet I'm like, yo, no, fuck that, Sean. This is what I just got finished <laughs> hearing you say that you don't give a damn about poor people right now because we could actually solve. Like, world hunger, if we were to switch over to eating bugs, right? Yeah. And he's just like, nah, I'll be vegan before I do that. And we're just going at each other because we have a relationship. This is right. what we can do. I would never, I wouldn't do that to anyone else in the class. Sure, 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 but sure, him sure. and I going at each other and having this banter between us, it's like, it's actually relationship building between the two of us. Right. And so therefore, right, it's like, but you got to know the relationship in order to be able to do this kind of stuff right and so anyway but look you just got to know yourself and the power dynamics between the folks it's like you got to acknowledge all those things and yet at the same time don't be you know it's like when you can build those kind of relationships that key i kid you not this dude he's grinding at work he and he's told me that he hasn't turned in certain assignments yet he comes to class every single day yeah and I know that he has other stuff that he could be doing. He could be out there earning money, but he comes to class and he's like, yo, Oscar, I'm going to turn in that stuff. I said, bro, don't even talk to me about your late work. Just, I, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate what you contribute. Get your grind on, fix the work, get caught up. And we, we're, we're good. We're good, right? But I'm valuing him and the relationship we got. And so I can go in on him hard. And he, he clearly... He, 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 we, I got this one gauge right because he didn't disappear. Yeah, yeah, he knows yeah. exactly what I'm doing, yeah. and um, he needs to him. This is being interpreted as, as love, which it is. Yeah. It's, it's genuine and it's real, and and he and he. And this is keeps him coming back. And so I'm the, like, so the deeper question, even as you're saying that, because you built that relationship, and we seem to be focusing on the positive aspects of building a relationship. What happens when you have that student that gets on your nerves, and how do you build that relationship? Like maybe. Like, let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've yeah. had my share of that. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I kind of find it. Uh, it never happens in math. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I kind of welcome the challenge, you know. I've had a student before. I was talking about the gender wage gap on the first day of class, and I was like, "We're gonna get to why that is a complicated and nuanced issue, and how there are all these different views on it, and and you know, we're gonna get a sociological, but also a." a a answer or or better questions about the wage gap mm-hmm. that will kind of give you a better idea of what's going on with that, right? It's not as simple as just this or that, right? It's not as simple as one explanation as nothing is. And you know, the student the student came up to me the next day, he came up to me with a piece of paper outside of class and his hand was shaking as he's handing me this paper. And he's like, here's a bunch of sources 
about on how the wage gap doesn't exist and it's a myth hmm. right mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. like good I, shit i yeah. like that so mm-hmm. exactly so i grabbed the paper from him and he was just waiting yeah. for the reaction right? right and i said thank you so much for looking up stuff yeah. of, that we're talking about in class right. after class and then bringing me what you found yeah. i was like a lot of people agree with a lot of the things that are said here right but we're going to add more explanations to this, right? We're going to ask more questions. And this is definitely part of it. And if you're comfortable, I'm going to tell folks that, you know, somebody contributed this to class, but I don't even have to say your name. I could just say a student came up and, you know, these are um, challenges to this idea of the wage gap. And so how does this fit into our greater understanding of this issue, right? Right. That yeah. student, uh, you know, I ended up, I ended up writing him a letter of recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. He went off to, you know, a four-year university. He's in grad school now, and it, it, it was just one of those moments where I was like, I know what he wants, yeah. right? And he wants kind of a little bit of a, a battle here, yeah. and and I, mm. I showed him a different way that like yeah. I'm going to accept that, and and we're gonna we're gonna move forward together with this one. That's interesting you said that because just last week. Uh, we had a student that came into the counseling office and that was dropped from their class. Mm. And so it also happened to be a student that was receiving uh, military benefits. Mm. So mm. I was trying to figure out why did this student get dropped? So, you know, we typically ask the questions, you know, did you miss, you know, you missing any classwork? Are you being disrupted? Those tend to be the two things that were, that were tending, trying to get to a student. She says, no, no. So she says, um, the instructor told me that the reason why I'm being dropped is because I'm holding the other 17 students behind. Mm. Student was actually dropped. Wow. So obviously we addressed it. We got the student back in the class. Wow. Mm. What Sean was saying in regards to like that first initial response to when you have a student that's going to say something that says something out of your, let, let's just say, I'm just gonna use the word out of your your comfort zone, maybe. Um, I don't know how else to say that to get to the space that I'm going for, but it's like maybe they're outside of your political comfort zone, maybe they're outside mm-hmm. of your religious or and or not religious, yeah. all of those things, right? Um, that it's, it's that first response, is that are, are we going to approach the students as learners ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if we do that, then we just broke down the hierarchy of me, I'm going to tell you what's right and what's wrong versus, hey, this is a shared learning experience and I really want to hear and see what it is that you got, uh, that, uh, what it is that you, that you want to say in this space. Um, I got a similar... Or, uh, it was an assignment, a student, they sent me, oh no, that, this is actually one of my colleagues sent me a video in regards to the wage gap and how it was a myth. Mm-hmm. And I use that video now, it was like, I, I did my due diligence and broke this thing down and, and, sure. and, and because she was asking me the question, she was like, yo, there's a lot of good, it seems like there's a quote, air, air quotes right now, there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff here, there's a lot of good arguments being made here. And I'm like, I was a little frustrated. Let me just say that. You know, I was a little frustrated that uh, my colleague uh, could not just break this thing down. Um, and, and I, you know, but it was very, you know, vulnerable of her to say. It's yeah. like to send this out to uh, the department at the time and um, and just really go like, yo, I, I don't have any answer. Do you all have an answer? And then I, I fire back. To, I was just, not fire back. Just I respond um, sociology and, and I, and I break this thing down. And the thing is I use that video 
in my stats class now though. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Like for a long time I was using that, I, I started using that video in my stats class to just talk about, it's like, hey, so we're gonna watch this video, there's a lot of statistical stuff being, it's like just, and we're gonna talk about it. And most of, mo what I found out is that almost everyone believed the video, mm -hmm. like that the wage gap didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then it gave me the opportunity of actually just kind of breaking it down piece by piece. It's like, okay, well they did say this and this is true, however, if you take this into consideration, no. And then here's some actual just straight up lies that they said and, 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 and whatnot. Like these are not even grounded in, I don't even know where he got his data set from. You know, like, yeah. and just pointing out like just this critical thinking uh, process and everything. And so, you know, when, when it came to like my response, it was key that I made sure to like not just come at yeah. the person, right? Not just at, it's like, look, I appreciate what you said. Right. I get It's like, I get it. Look, look, and, and it's like, you know, Adrian is like, I'm thinking about, you know, like, there's people who's, who will say things like white privilege doesn't exist. And they'll right. send me those videos and yeah. they'll get a 20 out of 20 on their sure. on their response. Right, yeah. And then I've used that video in the <laughs> class and go like, yo, what do y'all think about this video? And then we start breaking the, they start breaking the video down. And then I go in and just go and just start pointing as like, here's yeah, this yeah. and then here's this and, and whatnot. And then it's like, yo, but. Um, I didn't shut you down. I talked more you, with you through the process. I, we, this was a teaching moment, and I'm not trying to change your mind anyway because that yeah. actually <laughs> that actually happened. They, they did not change their mind afterwards, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. But I didn't do that for him. Right, right. I did that for us. Right, sure. Right, our relationship, and then I also did that for the class. That's right. right. And um, and so even so, I don't know if it's if I if I've well, no, I've definitely had some students that get on my nerves, but <laughs> yeah. uh, real talk, right? It's like, yeah. but but um, when it comes to what students think or it's going to get on my nerves, it's like, look, you can have an oppo a completely opposing political view to mine, and I am completely fine with that. Just make sure you you just keep it within the context of the of the assignment, yeah. and we're good to go. Yeah. And yeah. then you got to believe that, and so then when someone says something even remotely controversial, I'm like, yo, that is a great point, and well. And I think mm. part of that is a student-centered pedagogy, yeah. mm. and it's and it's about decentering uh, uh, our authority in the classroom. It's mm. disrupting that hierarchy. But I think, with regards to relationships, it's also an act of selflessness, mm. yeah. right? It's a it's a an act of holding back my interests for the sake of this relationship to grow stronger, right? Yes. Right? right. And that doesn't mean that once we have a strong relationship, we can't return to this this sort of clashing of interests, and we can't right. hash that out. And in fact, because we've built this relationship first, we probably can get to better spaces. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. I think, and so I think there is like the HR move with students who get on our nerves. I appreciate what you're saying. So say the positive thing oh, first yeah. and then the... And, the sandwich. And yeah. The compliment yeah. sandwich. And then, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, okay. And that's a little pseudo relationship, right? It's a little artifice, yeah. but that's important, right? Mm -hmm. I think what we're talking about here is... How can I check my interest as a teacher? Mm -hmm. What is it that's bothering me right. about this student and what they're saying? Is it because of politics? Is it because of behavior in the class? And what can I check? And, and then through a relationship, work with that student, right? right exactly. To meet those things. Yeah. yeah. And where it's also what we bring to the table, even as faculty members, because we, we come with stuff. 
Yeah. yeah. And so those dynamics can influence what happens in the classroom. I was hoping totally. we'd talk about faculty relationships, but I think we're we're close to. No, I'm not. Well, no, 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 I want you to talk. by the bell. No, no, no. Ding. Right. We'll have to have, I was going to say we need a part two. Yeah, I was going to say part two. We need a part two of this for sure. We're the same group. Yeah, yeah. I was interested in something right here at the end. I know you're No, no, please. No, no, I'm not. I was interested in something that we you, you briefly talked about. When you have a relationship, there's expectations. There's expectations I have come in that classroom. Mm. There's expectations that students have of me. And do we actually sit down and talk about those expectations? Mm. And when I revise my class, I do. Day one, I talk. What are you expecting of me? Mm-hmm. Put in words. Say it. Yeah. Say it so there's nothing left behind. Don't. I expect you to respond to my emails promptly because I struggle with that. I respond to you. You expect me to get back to me when I have a question. Mm-hmm. They have expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Too often, it's one-sided expectations. Right, right. And uh, because I did this community building, a group of students <clears throat> a little while ago had a little mini revolt, I'll say. <laughs> um, not in a horribly negative way. This came in with some concerns. And part of it was also expectations that in, in the way I look at it, if you're coming to school, school should be important. Mm-hmm. Okay, the way I was raised, school, if you're in school, school is the most important. We let everything else go. School's the most important. We had a really good conversation with a nice analogy of like a glass jar that's like your life. And maybe you've heard this one and you get, there's a certain number of big things that will fit in this jar. Maybe three big things. And that's it. That's all can fit in that jar. But if you take a big thing out, you can put a lot of littler things in there. And then at the end, you pour sand in there. And there's some kind of great analogy here. But the (laughs) idea is you can fill your jar up with little tiny things. It can hold a lot of little tiny things. But at that point, it can't hold any big things because you're dealing with all the little tiny things in your life. Yeah. And what the students are coming in with, and what I'm looking at from my lens is my expectation is that school is one of those big things that's in your bag. Mm-hmm. And you know right. what? They might already have some other big things, and they can't fit another big thing. Mm-hmm. So school, my class, is now it's one of those littler things. Mm-hmm. And you can fit a number of those things, but you can't give it the same amount of time. That's right. You can't give it the same amount of energy. And I have to sometimes adjust my expectations for the lives that my students are leading now Mm. not the lives I wish that they right. had. Right. And I wish they had more time to devote to my class, but they don't. And I have right. to kind of adjust my expectations of that relationship. Because if, if I keep coming in with my, come on, you're not putting any time into this class, yeah. then I'm I'm making them feel bad mm-hmm. yeah. for coming to class. Right. And there's no way we're going to have a positive relationship yeah. from that point on. They're going to feel judged. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel yeah. intimidated. And so to me, when we had that conversation about kind of, hey, what are the big things? Yeah. We got a chance to share as a class. Hey, here's the big things in my life. And you mm-hmm. hear from other students in class, you're like, Tan, there's things bigger than my class going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. from a faculty perspective, because I've heard and maybe asked this question too, is that, are we dumbing it down? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. No. No, because sometimes I've responded in this situation with, your life is, is right now, college will always be here. Right. Right. And so this requires your presence and your time and your investment. You need to do this and we will be here. Right. And I, yeah. And I think it's through relationship that they trust me when I say that. And helping them prioritize in that relationship. Say, hey, what, 
What are your priorities? I think that's a big piece. Yeah. Yeah, there's big nothing piece. wrong with helping someone figure out their priorities yeah. if you have a relationship with them. That's but right. if you don't have right. a relationship with them, you go in like, you're not spending enough time on this class and you really need to focus. It's like, then it becomes, you're just an ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, you, and, and it's like, okay, whatever, right? Mm. And so it's like, so, you know, that to me is it's like, I've, I've told students, it's like, yo, you should, you, you might want to think about withdrawing right now just because i mean like this is just too big to overcome yeah. and it's okay i still yeah. look that's the person that i'm talking about with excellence yeah she is the she must be my favorite i tell her she's, she's my favorite student of all time she's the only student i've ever wrote in a poem written a poem about uh -huh. and i tell it's like i'm like this is my favorite student of all time they failed my intro class <laughs> they are my favorite student of all time right, right, right i this right. is the only person i've ever wrote a poem about right and we develop this relationship, right? And it's like, it's not about your grade, right? And it's like, when you can really get to a, right? It's like, because if you're adjusting your expectation, it might adjust it from A to a barely making it by C. You're like, oh my God, they have yeah. so much potential. They could just be crushing this class. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, their life yeah. is happening, yeah. right? And so yeah. we can't just, we, we, we can do this with our students, right? Mm -hmm. We can say, if we have those relationships, we can say, yo, you got a lot of stuff going on right now. And yeah. maybe, right? And, and But it's like, but talking or, or, or maybe not. Or because maybe not. here's the thing. Like, I, I'm about to explode right now. Because <laughs> the, the, the way that I look at this is like, a student tells me, they come to me and they say, I had to drive my mom to the airport because oh, her yeah, sister got sick and yeah. she's got to go take care of her. And that's why I w couldn't come to class, yeah. right? This is after the fact. Right. They didn't have time to email me before that. Mm -hmm. right, right, right. And, and I tell them, I think you made the best decision yeah. by Absolutely. doing that. Absolutely. Right? I would have felt bad if you chose to come to class. Totally. And then they say, can I make it up? And I say, absolutely. Yeah. You know why? Because, like, you know, this idea that we're preparing them for some real life that's out there yeah. is kind of silly. Yeah. It's this idea yeah. that we're not even in real life right now. Yeah. And, and what if... I said to, you know, my, my cable provider, or I t said to my, my uh, you know, the, the person that I owe my rent to, my landlord, I don't like that word, but that's, that's a word. Um, so, you know, what if I tell that person, yeah, I know the rent's due on the third, but I can't pay you till the fifth because of this, this, and that. They're going to accept my money on the fifth. It's not over, right? They're not going to be like, oh, if it's not on the third, you can't do it at all. Yeah. They're going to say, I'm going to get your money on the 5th. Right. And I might tack on a little bit more money. I might not, though, because yeah. you've been cool. You've been paying on the 3rd every month. Yeah. But, you know, letting them pay on the 5th, even that if that is a little penalty or not, I, I don't know. Like, that's more true to life. Yeah. That's more true Absolutely. to what we do in all other areas. If I say, hey, Curry, I'll, I'll be sure to send out those emails by Tuesday, and I don't get to it on Thursday, Curry doesn't say... We're canceling the podcast. Right. He just... <laughs> not, not yet. He says... <laughs> no. He says, thanks for doing it, you know? Yeah. I understand. Things get a little wild. Right. Done. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And is that because of the relationship that we have? Maybe. But it may be because we're putting expectations on students that we would never put on ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so unfair. Yeah. The other side of that, though, yeah. is when... So I have a student right now who had a, re like a, a really close aunt pass away, and she's missed uh, 
pretty much every assignment since week three in my online class. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to her every single week. Yeah. You can get back into this. Let's meet. Right, let's right. I'll meet tonight. Meet when you need me to. We'll do it in right, Zoom, right. phone call, whatever you need. We talked once or twice. One time she's on the phone going from funeral to whatever. Wow. But it's to a point where I could keep doing that. But that's just adding more into her jar. That's right. Right. It isn't going to fit. Right. And it's not yeah. going to fit. And so I think that's yeah. the balance, right? It, mm-hmm. it is Great. a... Great. But when you have that relationship, you can figure that shit can, out. That's right. But if you don't have that relationship, then like I said, you just wind up being an ass. So you, you, regardless of what you wind up yeah. re- re- recommending. right? It's Eventually, like, I'm going to get evicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. At yeah. some point. At some point. And your mental health will suffer too. At some too, point. Right? Right? If yeah, this bill point. and that bill and this bill and that bill and you can't get out of it. Yeah. Right. I was talking from the third to the fifth. No, I know. That's, that's, that's the, exactly. I guess that's yeah. the distinction, right? Uh, and I get it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, and I know we're winding down, so, yeah. but I, I, I def- definitely wanted to just say this part of it of in regards to relationships and, um, and whatnot. And I, I keep on going through this this space where I feel like I always have to apologize for making this statement because it it is what it is. It's like so I'm not going to apologize for saying this. Yeah. Because it's definitely within the context of talking about relationships and um I have really been blessed to because of the relationships I've built in in classrooms and and whatnot um I have had 10 former students of mine who I, after they took my class and whatever, we were able to establish a mentoring relationship and um, who uh, earned their master's degrees and who have been associate faculty members in the sociology department. Not only, well, that they became sociology majors mm-hmm. and then earned master's degrees and then have come back to teach in our department at least 10. I'm about to get number 11 mm-hmm. over the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's always the part that I feel like it's like, because I feel like I'm bragging, mm-hmm. but this is about relationships. Yeah. And I've been blessed to be able to build those kind of relationships. And here's the deal, is that every single one of them to a person was not thinking about graduate school. Mm-hmm. Not a single one of them was thinking about graduate school and when they came in to my reality, into our shared universe, if you would, um, and I opened up the possibility of having a real relationship with them, they changed. <laughs> we have been able to build, I, like, I've been blessed to be able to help folks become something that they've wanted to become. Yeah. They had no idea how to do it before, but clearly this is what they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's what keeps fueling my relationships, right? Not, not that I need anything back from any of the students. Oh, Cause look, look, we, we think about this in regards to reciprocating and whatnot, putting this much time, energy and effort into relationships is I, I'm gonna, I don't want to say you're negative, but it's like it's you're spending a ton of time and a ton of energy with these relationships. You are mm-hmm. using up all this time and energy. Um, but man, mm. seeing the transformative effect at the at the at the other side of it, mm. 
they what they don't realize is that they're affecting me way more than I affected them. Yes, maybe they got a BA or a master's or whatever and got this job, but they keep me checked mm. in this whole space in all the positive ways that and and what that means of just saying like, yo, this is if you choose to engage with the students and you choose to build relationships this this job that we have has the power to change people's lives mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what i get blessed to see all around me with this and that's it helps me keep doing what it is that i do final word yeah final thoughts i mean that's why bruce wears the excellence through connections shirts all the time he's, he's <laughs> always there <laughs> right? <laughs> No, I, I think it just comes it's like circling back to the beginning. You can't have that relationship without trust. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes have to put yourself out there to be the one, right? Yeah. I'm not trusting you till you trust me or whatever yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah. No, somebody's got to put their foot forward first. Mm -hmm. And I think faculty have the opportunity in the classroom setting to be the one to say, I'm stepping forward. Yeah. Now, you can cut this off or you could not, but I'm going to be the one who sets that forward. And that's true in the classroom. That can be through personal relationships. That can be, I mean, you, you've got an opportunity here. And yeah. I, I don't want to blow it. So, yeah. The one thing that I, I keep saying I'm going to do, I've been here for 11 years now and I still haven't done, I still haven't done it. I haven't posted my degrees on my wall, mm. but not just my degrees. So I wanted to post those up. But in the center of that, I wanted to put my first year of schooling on that. And that is, being vulnerable um, and because ultimately I want to build this connection and trust with folks to let them know that because I get a lot of students that come up that are across with me that have struggled mm. that are returning and have struggled or right. you know what have you and they always come in nervous the fact to share that piece mm -hmm. and the one thing and even as I'm listening to everybody today I was like man I just got to make it happen and do it but literally I just want to put my um transcript of my first year of school hmm. and it wasn't because again that i couldn't do the work but it was again it was the things that those those big things i just had too many big things in that jar mm -hmm. and so i think that is a is a great visual to and to be able to show my transcript on there to show i just had too many things in my jar mm -hmm. that's right but if you see this is what i've been able to accomplish hmm. and just sharing with students that yeah. this you can accomplish whatever you choose to as well mm -hmm. Maybe not right now, but... Maybe not, and it's okay, mm -hmm. right? And it's okay. So being able in those relationships is, is to talk about the successes, but also acknowledge the failures. Uh, I'm thinking of what Zulema brought up earlier about reciprocation, and she was very mm -hmm. kind to say nice things about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but reflecting on our students, I think this, this, is, this is the returns on the time we put in. We inspire our students to reciprocate. And I think not just with us, but with each other. And that's where it becomes really exciting, too, where you see them being more patient with each other than they might otherwise have been mm -hmm. because we've modeled patience, and that's baked into a, the class culture, right? The relationships mm -hmm. I have with the class, right? Yeah. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, that's what's on my mind. I mean, I, I really value all the relationships that I have. I think I'm a, I'd like to think of myself as a very curious person, and that's why I enjoy doing this podcast. I enjoy making the connections that I do across campus. I have a lot of different people that I have different types of relationships with, and um, I, I, it always ties back to teaching and learning for me because I, I, 
I think I can give something to everybody, but I think I get a lot from people too. And that's what I'm continually trying to do and understand what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they're feeling about it and trying to make sense of that, you know, while trying to also lead in some ways and, and, and building kind of a, this, this, you know, a profile of, of somebody who can lead by understanding what other people are doing. And the only way that you can do that is through building relationships. I mean, I just look around the room right now and I have a different relationship with each one of you, mm. but I, I've always feel good about it. And I always feel like there's a lot to learn there. Um, so yeah, I just think that it is that give and take and teaching and learning and all of, all of those good things that make up relationships. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do a part two. Talk yeah. About yeah. Exactly yeah. Relationships. yeah. This group I think can go forever. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> can we do an official you mic talk drop? a lot. Yeah. yeah. You want to <laughs> do an official mic drop? This episode was produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia created the show notes and manages our social media. Episodes of the Safe Topics podcast are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please download and subscribe. Thank you for listening.